Well, markets are fixated on geopolitical issues that are taking place in between Russia and Ukraine. Oil and gas prices are looking pretty lively at the moment. The US dollar is starting to show signs of vulnerabilities. Equities are all over the place. Lots of chop, very little trend. Blake and I discuss all of these factors and more as we go into the trade-off. Hi, my name's Chris Weston, I'm Head of Research here at Pepperstone, and I'm going to be joined very shortly by Blake Morrow from Forex Analytics. And we're going to be unpacking, we're going to be navigating, analysing all the landmines, the setups and the trends that we're seeing in this mad world of financial markets. Remember, if you do like what you're hearing today, hit the like button, subscribe to the channel where you can, leave a comment so Blake and I can get into the mix and be part of the community with you guys as well. And it goes without saying, do your own research and anything that we say today should be considered general in nature and not be personal advice. So let's go straight into the programme today. I want to bring Blake, Blake into the programme. G'day Blake, how are you going mate, you well? <laughs> I'm doing well, Chris. How are you doing? Good, mate. Good. But there's a lot to discuss, a lot of uh, things that are going through. And most of those issues are really starting to say, not just from central bank issues, but also what's happening in geograph uh, geopolitical issues that are taking place at the moment. And I know that you're more of an expert in these fields as well, being an ex-military man. And so I want to tap your brain. So I want to go straight into the first section of the show. Let's go into topical thunder. Yeah, look, Blake, I want to bring this up because, you know, look, I think nowadays people are better at pricing risk and quite good at, and quite conditioned at pricing risk around what central banks are doing and how many rate hikes are going through, what they're using in terms of guidance, what are they going to do with withdrawing liquidity, what that means with being invested in certain parts of the curve. Do we want to be in quality defensives? What currencies are going to be, you know, look benefit? Are we going to see uh, you know, yield expansion and, and, and contraction, which are going to drive currencies? We can also say that we've probably had enough case studies now to think that we're better at pricing risk around political events, US elections, Brexits and these factors. We've had a greater sample size. We're not great by any means at all, but we're better. When it comes to geopolitical risks, we're not, uh, you know, political science, we're scientists, we're not ex-military people. It's very difficult for us to price risk when there's so many conflicting headlines. You are ex-military though. You're a man who's done some time and some service for your country. Yeah, how are you reading these geopolitical issues that are taking place between Russia and Ukraine at the moment? Well, first of all, let me just take a step back and say I was obviously in the military. I was they handed me a rifle and said, you go that direction. And I had no idea what direction I was going. They just pointed me in what direction to go and shoot. So but, you know, 30 years later, uh, I tend to pay a little bit closer attention to what's happening from a military standpoint. And to be honest, you know, regarding the the Russia Ukraine situation, I think it's more of a big show and I I think it's more posturing by Putin. I think he's enjoying getting all the uh all this attention and I I'm honestly not taking it too seriously. But here's the thing. What I what I say and how I feel has zero bearing on how the market's going to take it. And the sure. market is it's, it's hanging its hat on, on every headline that comes out. Yeah. And we have to be respectful of that. I'm, so, I'm looking you know, at... When, um... when I'm looking at dollar dollar ruble at the moment. How much are you looking at that one? Because, you know, that 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 when we've seen dollar ruble moving higher, the the ruble has been weakening off. We've seen you know buyers of crude, we've seen buyers of gold. A risk has come undone. When we see dollar ruble coming down, people are buying ruble. It's been a perception that the headlines are becoming more compelling. We're getting closer to some sort of signs of a diplomatic um, situation, and we see risk coming back into the market. So, how much do you look at dollar ruble as your sort of your central guide to to how people are feeling about this geopolitical issue? 
You know, I'm, I'm glad you asked that. Actually, I'm not paying that close of attention to the ruble. I'm paying more attention to the euro right. and uh, the, the divergences that the euros are the euro showing. You know, I think the euro got hit pretty hard uh, last week, week and a half ago. And now it's it's stabilized in the face of, of everything. And I think that's something we should be paying attention to. Mm. I'm actually focused more on what's happening in gold mm. and what's happening in crude oil, more so than the ruble, interesting enough, yeah, because right. I, you know, I can't, I, I can't put my finger on or, 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 you know, really make that determination is, is, is an invasion. Let's say it did take place. Is that going to be, you know, more bullish, the ruble or bearish, the ruble. I do have a feeling that it's going to be more bullish gold, but I also feel it have a feeling it's going to be more bullish crude. So those, those two are factors that I already know. And so I'd rather, pay attention to that. And I, and I have a feeling it'd be more bearish for the euro, but the euro, like I said, is holding up right now. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, I think personally that I think an invasion, if we were to see it, um, I think that would be very bad for the ruble. I think dollar ruble goes higher. I think gold goes higher. Uh, crude probably goes higher, but let's hope that doesn't happen. So yeah, let's hope for everybody's sake, nothing does happen. And it's, it's interesting. And I, I know we need to move along, but you know, most of the people that always hope for something, some geopolitical risk to really percolator people that never been in a combat situation i have and i'd rather us like find a peaceful solution anyway um let's move over to the next topic and let's talk about consolidation um and and really i think this is a a theme that i'm i'm seeing and i have seen all week and i'm sure you've seen it too chris you know between you know this peak hawkishness and central banks I have Russian fatigue. It's almost as bad as the Trump fatigue I had at the end of his uh, tenure, where, you know, like a lot of headlines, his, his his headlines that would come out of things that he'd say had less effect on the market. I think the the Putin or the, excuse me, the Russian Ukraine situation, you know, it's people are becoming numb to it. Uh, we have this persistent high inflationary environment and stocks are clearly in a range and FX clearly is in a range. So I'm waiting for some inspiration. I don't know what it's going to take its form as, mm. but how do you feel about that, Chris? Yeah, I think you make some good points here because the, you know, the, the idea about central bank pricing is, is quite mature now. Inflation has been high and is continuing to be high. We're becoming somewhat desensitized to that. Um, given how aggressive the rates pricing is for 2022, we're looking at rates pricing in 2023 now. But that, that whole idea of high inflation, you know, front load the, the, you know, the stimulus is something that, that is a quite a mature thematic now. So what's going to cause the next move up? The, the, the Ukraine-Russia situation is something that, that we're sort of very much at the heart of it. I, th- I think if anything's going to happen from what we heard, it's probably going to happen after the Chinese Olympics. Um, but again, this isn't, this isn't my, my bread and butter. And you know, I'll just be guided to by, by, by the, what the market's telling me in terms of that situation. But are we at, uh, at a point now where yeah, we do see a diplomatic um, you know, a situation, a more compelling situation, which makes us climb the wall of worry and risk? Yeah, I'm not so sure, but uh, I, I'm looking for the next inspiration. We talked about this idea that equities are chopping around all over the place. People don't want to take risk on. You know, they, they do, but they don't want to do it with any kind of conviction that causes a trend higher. People don't want necessarily want to short with any conviction because if we see positive headlines, we see the market react, market rally and, and, and we go higher. So I think it's a tough one at the moment. You've got to ask yourself what is going to be you know, the, the thing that really inspires us to put risk on to cause a trend, not just chop around, but actually causes a trend where you know the sellers move aside, the buyers put 
push price up and we cause a trending condition, which I love. I love momentum moves. I love trending moves. And I think in this market, we're just looking for that inspiration uh, other than flow that, that, that's going to cause that. So yeah, I think it's a tough one at the moment. We, we're, we're looking around trying to find what that what that news flow is going to be that's going to cause that trend. And, and yeah, we're, just, we're struggling to find what it's going to be in the short term. So that word consolidation, I think, is a, is a good one there, Blake. You know, the, the, the head and shoulder pattern, I, 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 I flashed to you guys, uh, I want to say it was a couple of weeks ago about how, you know, we might be in a range environment in the S&P. Boy, I'm starting to look pretty smart now. <laughs> Mate, you've always been smart in my mind, Blake. It's always been the way. No, I, but no, but seriously, it's like, hey, you know, can we bop around in the S&P between 42, 4,300 to 4,700? Mm. I think it's kind of realistic. Mate, so, I'm, I'm, I was looking this morning and I uh, I was looked. There's, there's a few charts that really come up. We'll come on to them on the setups at the moment. But I was quite interested to pick your brain because you know, while the equity market's chopping around, we've seen crude prices come off their highs from 95. We saw a big move down based on Iranian issues that are coming through, a potential nuclear deal. We've seen um, you know people tweeting about that, um, and, and that's caused some 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 moves. But I want to look at um, what is the the number one trade you've got in the FX market at the moment for me. Um, I'm really seeing, at least in the short term, some real life in the Kiwi and, and the Aussie dollar specifically. I really like the Aussie short term, Aussie yen, um, Aussie Kiwi. I think actually the Aussie rallies against the Kiwi, but Aussie CAD's been something that I like. Now I'm saying this before we get Aussie jobs and, and we'll have to see what happens there. There could be some short term gyrations playing through there, but yeah, I'm starting to see some, some, some love for the Aussie that, that, that may see it outperforming the short term. Where, where's, your, where's your number one pick for the, for the next week in the FX market here, Blake, and why? Uh, okay, well, the, the, well, first of all, I've got some selections that are going to be coming up in the technicals. What we're going to get there in a few minutes. Let's but I, I agree with you. I like the Aussie and I like the Kiwi. Yep. And specifically about the Aussie, as you guys know, I've been I've been trying to well, I've been playing it on the long side ever since we had that false breakdown below the 70 cent level. And I and I still think it looks really good. And it's starting to look really good on some crosses. I had been playing them on the short side on some crosses, and I've, I've, I've ceased to do that over this last week. And I do think they look good. But I also have like the yen on my radar. I mean, we talk about persistently high inflation, but we also talk, we should also talk about, uh, which I'm going to talk about here in just a minute, you know, persistently high yields. And so, you know, the yen's on my radar. We'll talk about that here in just a second. Yep. Uh, I do like the Aussie. One thing that I, I, I have to point out though, Chris, and I know you're going to talk about this a little bit later. The Canadian has not responded to the spikes higher in crude oil. Or the CPI print has, yesterday. Yeah, or the CPI print. Norway is kind of in the same boat. And I'm looking at those currencies thinking, man, what happens if crude actually, you know, sees the low 80s again, if things de-escalate? You know, does the Canadian get absolutely punished? Does Norway get absolutely punished? But those are kind of things that are on my radar right yeah. now that I'm thinking about. How about well, you? Well, I like the Aussie because, um, yeah, the, the, if you look at the G10 central banks at the moment, you've got the, the Riksbank in Sweden who are still really pushing back. They don't want to come into this this hawkish camp. Uh, the RBA are also very much, you know, they've opened the door to rate hikes. They said maybe they'll come and we'll wait for the, the wage data that comes on the 23rd. Um, and if that yeah, the market's expecting it to be a 1% number, which is still pretty pathetic, to be honest. Um, but if that comes out topside, then you know it will bring us back on there. And the market believes that the RBA are going to come through. But if you have a look at the dynamics in Australia, we've got 
some of the highest real rates in, in, in the G10 complex now. We're about 44 basis point premium to the US. Uh, we've got some of the highest expected growth going into Q4 of this year. Um, we've got a labor market that's absolutely on fire at the moment, and the central bank still needs to come to the market. I think they will do, and I think that will be the door for really strong outperformance from, from the Australian dollar. Our terms of trade are looking okay at the moment. Um, you've seen the Bloomberg Commodity Price Index really just absolutely going for it at the moment. So I, I, I like the Aussie at these levels, and I think we're starting to see the market respond to that. Remember that a lot of the Spective community is still very short the Aussie as well. So I, I think that's where we're going to see the outperformance in, in the next week. Well, some wrong. great points, you know. And- and I wanted to circle back over to the yen, and that's really my next yep. topic. And and I know I said this just a second ago, but I want to say it again. I want to reinforce this. You know, the dollar yen has been, you know, very strong. And and to me, it's been very resilient in the face of risk aversion. And you know, I've 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 had this conversation with with our traders in the forex analytics community over the course of last month. At what point? Is the yen going to start paying attention more to, you know, risk off flows and we start to see, you know, yen flows come back into the market or or is the dollar yen or is the dollar going to continue to outperform the yen because we we have, you know, high yields and the 10 years at 2% and, and higher, depending on what, you know, hour you're looking at. Yeah. But the dollar yen is poised to break out the yen itself. If you look at the, the yen, you know, uh, uh, you know, single currency, it looks like on a broad basis, it's look, it, it looks set to actually start breaking down. So what are your thoughts about the yen and about the dollar yen making a significant move, or maybe even all the yen pairs making a significant move against the yen? So yep. the yen weakening, everything else strengthening. Well, what are your thoughts? Aussie there? yen, it would be my place. Um, that, that, you know, given what I've just said about the Aussie there, I think the Aussie yen or Kiwi yen would probably be the place to go. That's going to be very much down to, to broad sentiment though. So if the VIX pushes back down to 20%, Aussie yen works, Kiwi yen works. I think if you're going to see um, equity markets start to find a bit of a bid, you're going to see you know, small caps working a bit better. Aussie yen, Kiwi yen, again, the place to go. Now, if you're looking at dollar yen, I think we need to see two-year yields moving up. I think it's become most sensitive to what we're seeing in two-year yields. We need to see two-year treasuries back above 160 basis points. If you look at that on a hedged basis, a Japanese yen hedged basis, um, and look at 10-year hedging ratios, for example, you know, we need to see what the Japanese can get in the US on a hedge basis moving higher. Uh, and that will incentivize the Japanese to, to go out and start buying US treasuries and, and, and effectively US denominated assets again. So we want to see that, that pushing higher. It's going to come back a little bit recently. Um, but to cause that, what are we going to see? Well, I think, first of all, we've got to look for that, that, that FOMC meeting on the 16th. Before that point, though, we get the ISM manufacturings on the 2nd of, of March. Need that, that needs to be hot. On the 5th of March, the non-farm payrolls number. Watch the wage data, and I'm talking Australian times here, so this can be slightly different for you. But the wage data yeah. is going to be most important. The 11th of March, we get the next CPI print. That will nail whether we get a 25 or a 50 basis point um, hike in that March meeting that we're getting on the 16th of March. And if it's going to be 50, then, then dollar yen breaks out, in my opinion. So I think that's the one to watch. Yeah, we we're, we are facing some pretty key technical levels, which I'm going to cover here in a little bit. But I'll tell you, the yen looks vulnerable, and I and I, you know, in the face of this geopolitical risk that we've been talking about, I'm surprised the dollar yen isn't trading closer to 112, 112.50. But here we are, you know, we're we're trading above 115, holding steady. And I think anybody who's been buying yen in recent weeks, recent months, are probably a little worried about that. 
Yeah, I, I guess so. Um, but I think a lot really comes down to the to the risk appetite now. Yeah, I favour Aussie yen, um, Kiwi yen, short, short term higher. Um, but that's an interesting one. But I think let's go to the technical side of thing now. You talked about some showing some of these charts. I think a lot of people want to see yeah what's going on in terms of the rhythm, the feel of the market. So let's go to that's a setup. Blake, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up gold because we we you know, we we are a shop for for people to express a view on gold and and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take a bit of a twist by bringing up two charts because I like to hog the limelight as you know um, and I'm gonna start with the the weekly chart because <laughs> this is such a fantastic picture I love these rounded bottoms that you see there um, you can see this kind of cup and handle you can see on the weekly chart that we we now have broken out of that 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 sort of the handle or broadening megaphone should we say we've made a series of lower highs we've closed through those levels there uh, we traded into the into the November swing high of 1877. We've just rejected that at the moment. Now, if we could bring up the daily chart, please, uh, Guido, that would be awesome. You can see just exactly what that looks like if we go in uh, into the time frame there. You can see that we traded into 1877. You can see that break that we've come through. We've got a triangle break as well uh, with that consolidation that's just broken to the upside. So that's really bullish stuff. We love that. Um, but what we now need to see is this breaking and closing on a weekly basis, specifically through 1877. The market has tried. We've seen some resistance above that level, but we're just holding that, that breakout that we saw recently there uh, at 1853. So I like what I'm seeing here. I really like what I'm seeing here. But you know what I'm going to like, Blake? I'm going to like it a hell of a lot more if we can close through 1877, and specifically in dollars. If the dollar's going to go down, it's broken away from real rates, a close through 1877, and uh, yeah, this this baby flies. What do you think? Yeah, you know, I, I would be tar targeting immediately 1900 on a break above 1877. And you know, I, for me, I always like to play the other side of this, or or or, or just you know play devil's advocate. Right. At what point do you know that you're wrong? Well, the fact of the matter is, the dip back down to 1850, we we probed all the way to 1845 spot. And we held back above 1850 today. As long as we can hold above and not close below 1850, I think the Bulls have it in their court right now yeah. and they need to see if they can make something happen. We've been making the case for so long, we Chris, have, uh, for gold to break out. It's been boring, isn't Why it? It's been it? boring and now it's suddenly exciting again. Fantastic. Do we get trend money? Yeah. I, I want to trade this one from the long side, especially on 18, a break of 1877. I can't get bearish and actually start looking at aggressive shorts with any kind of conviction until we break and close through 1782. I think that's the level until that point where I'll be looking at neutral. But yeah, 1877 and, and I expect CTAs and, uh, and trend following funds to start dripping length into this one as well. All right. Well, let's uh, turn your attention over to the uh, New Zealand yen. Now, the Kiwi, as you pointed out, it's looking bullish. And you know what? It's actually looking bullish on a lot of crosses. I, actually, I should take that back. It doesn't look super bullish on a lot of crosses. Yeah. It looks like it's about ready to squeeze right. in a bunch of crosses. So it looks like it's about ready. To, it's like the at the turn, right? Mm. And I love as a trader to find the turn because the turn is where the most explosive part of the move is really quick. It's usually a fast, quick move. It doesn't mean it's going to be sustainable, but that's where you find these some, some quick moves. And then the Kiwi Yen, what you'll notice is the 200-day is basically at the 38% retracement. It's right around the 78 yen level. And a break above that, I'm looking for a squeeze all the way up to about close to 80, to the 618 would be the 79, 70s, somewhere up in that neighborhood, but it looks squeezable. And I love false breakdowns. We had a false breakdown, you know, back in uh, back in January and we pushed, we pushed below that, uh, we we'll call it 76, we pushed below there, stopped anybody who was long out and we, we turned the corner 
and it looks squeezable. I love squeezable, <laughs> Chris. What, how about you? What do you think? Uh, I, I like it. I mean, I think, you know, uh, I, I, I would prefer the Aussie yen personally. Um, of course. I, I, I do still think that there's so much being priced into. I mean, there's a lot being priced into the Aussie curve, into the rates market, and I think there is there's just bit a little bit more being priced into the Kiwi curve that I don't think is going to come to fruition. Um, and the, the central banks already started tightening. Um, I think the RBA still needs to come to the market there, and I think once they do, then the Aussie Kiwi, I think, will 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 we'll find buyers. So I prefer the Aussie Kiwi. I actually like trading Aussie Kiwis across. It's just really boring to do. It's low beta. Uh, yeah, I like this one. I think this one breaks out to the upside. It'd be good if we got some equity participation. If the equity market started trending higher, then Kiwi Yen, then Kiwi Yen goes for a ride as well. So yeah, good trade. Well, this is a setup. It's a setup, and I'm looking for it. And I'm waiting for it. And that's the thing about a setup. You just kind of wait till you see the whites. Yeah of their eyes you're liking, you're just just compel me to trade compel me to push me in a position so you don't need to go early <laughs> wait for the market to give you the conviction that you're looking for and that's another situation that i like with with dollar mex as well getting a bit spicy here so we're gonna we're gonna see a, a setup which is a classic classic trading setup here yeah i'm not really a massive fan of head and shoulder patterns um, I like cup and handles. I like that that kind of situation. But I know this has come on a lot of people's radars because you've got a confluence of support levels. And again, you know, you talk about waiting for the market to hit you with that yen position. Have a look at this one. You've got the the head and shoulders, and that that the target, if you believe in the targets here, is is is, is way way low. I mean, you've got huge risk reward if that starts breaking down. But you've got the the horizontal support level. You've got the 200 day moving average, which is kind of, which is that kind of um, what do you call that? Uh, is that like a light blue, baby blue, aqua? Kind Kind of color quiscenter or some crazy color but yeah like, i think you've basically got the whole whole kind of mirage you've broken through the neckline of the head and shoulders we're now being supported on that horizontal support level if that goes yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of technical traders are going to be saying this is one. This one has a huge risk reward, uh, favouring the ward on that situation there. So I know this is one that's that's come up onto a lot of traders' radars. If this breaks horizontal support, it breaks down. You're probably going to see a bit of stop loss run. It will probably come back up, test it, confirm that resistance. Or well, what would support is now resistance, and that's your cue then to start. You know, for me to start selling into that position. What do you think? You know, let's not forget, Chris, just a few weeks ago, I want to say it was maybe two or three weeks ago on this show during Top Thunder, we were talking about the emerging market currencies did, yeah. and how they had been underperforming or excuse me, outperforming as stocks have been underperforming, which is not, you know, we were like, you know, we couldn't put our finger. Was it flows? What, you know, what's really causing this? Fact of the matter is these emerging market currencies look strong. You look at the US dollar, South African Rand, it's back below that True. breakout point that we identified like two months ago. Yep. And so dollar mex, I've, I've been like flies on poop or uh, white on rice, yeah. um, shoot, uh, whatever. <laughs> I, we were looking at it today at 2025, it held it. And frankly, if we get a nice close blow it, because now we're below the 200 day moving average, you're talk talking 20, maybe lower. Yeah, no, I like this one. But again, wait for the market to, to close through those levels. And I think then we can start, you know, ramping this one up. But I like the carry involved in this as one. There's just ticked so many boxes there, Blake, for me. It, it does. All right. Well, you know, what's been on my radar as of late is this uh, Ethereum. And I'll tell you, you know, one of the things that's kind of moved higher in the face of this you know, Russia, Ukraine risk is, you know, cryptocurrencies have actually held in pretty well. And they, they are being bought. And, you know, we've we've talked since we started this show together, talked about cryptos and how they're just, they're really a product of Wall Street now. So if you think they're going somewhere, they're not, you know, I don't no, think they're, so. They're and, going, and you got, they're going up. 
Yeah, the, the 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 thing is, they're going to be tradable, and they're 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 fun products to trade. And Ethereum is no, uh, it's not you know, it's one we should keep an eye on because we are setting up an inverted head and shoulder pattern. We're coming up to the neckline. It's it's a complex inverted head and shoulder pattern, meaning you have cockeyed shoulders, cockeyed neck <laughs> neckline. But you know, hey, hey, the frankly, you know, we break through thirty two hundred. You know, we're we're going to be breaking through that thirty-eight uh, percent retracement. That's going to take us right back over to the two hundred-day moving average, and quite possibly even higher than that. Yeah. And look, you de-escalate Russia and uh, and Ukraine a little bit, you're going to get people taking on risk. You're going to get stocks bouncing back to forty-seven hundred in the S and P, and you're going to get a nice tailwind in cryptos. So, what do you think? Here, we, can, Chris? we can be we can be we can be in unison here. That that crypto is a high beta risk asset for me. You know, that we see that time and time again. You're saying this, if, if, if Ukraine um, becomes less of a market, an issue, we, we reduce some concern, crypto is going to rally, right? It's, it's a high beta risk asset. Now for me, 3283 is the level you want to look at there. That was the, uh, the, the February high. If we break through that, close through that, we break through the headlines, this starts trending higher. It becomes a momentum vehicle. So we've got risk on the table. We've we've got momentum capital chasing this one. It starts making higher highs. You go along for the flow. So through 32.83, I've got my alert set. It's going to hit me. Chris, buy some Ethereum. I'm in the trade. And then I want the uh, the FOMO capital to to come in, in, in involved in that as well. So I think that that's a really great setup. I love it. Uh, let's uh, wait for it. And again, by, the, by, by the way, Chris, you know, I I put heads and head and shoulder, knees and toes because you know we're parents. You sing the song more than I sing. My my kids are adults. You know, do you, do you ever sing that song to your kids? Uh, ah, forget. Well, we used to back in the day, mate. But but uh, yeah. All I mean, right, all were, right, all right. You were watching black and white TVs back in those days, mate. So we'll see. Anyway, let's go to our play of the day. I want to hear what Blake has to say on that one. Well, I picked this one last week, Blake, and I'm going to go again. I'm, I, it's, it, it's do, it, it served me reasonably well. I don't know if we can bring up a chart of that. You can see we got the breakout of that horizontal, uh, you know, that kind of ceiling that we saw. Uh, it then came back to test it. Um, so we, we sort of, we're still, we're in the money on the trade from, from the player Dave last week. But what I wanted to see was, was an idea that the, 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 the bands, the Bollinger Bands were going to widen. It was going to hug the upper Bollinger Band. It was going to be guided up by the by the five-day exponential moving average. We had a sort of a failed situation. It broke through the, the upper Bollinger Band, which I like to see because that shows you there's, there's, there's momentum behind the move. But it's come back to what was resistance is now support. That's confirmed support. We've traded below that support, but the market bid that up and we actually closed each time above that, that support level. So I like this one now. We've seen a really strong candle on, in, in, the, in the previous one, despite a strong CPI number in, in, in Canada that puts a 50 basis point hike on the table for the next meeting there. But crude's come off a little bit here. We've created a higher low. I like what I'm seeing now. I think this is this is working okay for me, but I reckon this now has some good upside. I think it starts trending to the upper Bollinger Band. I like Aussie CAD to the long side. I think that continues to work quite well there. Well, it does. And you know what? People in, in the Forex analytics community have been actually queuing off of your trade from last week. People are asking me about it. I'm like, hey, why don't you go ask Chris? All right. So <laughs> let's, let's talk about the dollar yen. I, I told you I wanted to bring this one up. And you know the dollar yen is sitting up in what we call well, it's in a it's in an ascending channel, but it's really in a bullish wedge. And we keep knocking our head up against this one sixteen uh, thirty five level one one sixteen thirty six. We break above that, it becomes really bullish. Now we were just testing the lower end of the wedge just about an hour before the show started. I actually got hit on a bid at like one fifteen and a quarter, and I'm already starting to piece a very small position in here, Chris, because I'm going to tell you how I want to play it. Right. 
You get in a little little position here, breaks above 1635, you add. So now you can move your stop up to break even. Hopefully your cost average is, let's say below 116, 115.90, 115.80. And then if it actually gets some momentum on a breakout, we're gonna be testing 117. Now in the dollar yen, I've seen the playbook many times where it breaks out and then it reverses. So if you have your stops at break even, we hit 117, we come back, you get stopped out, no harm, no foul. But if we break 117, we should see 120 in fairly short order. And that's why I like the dollar yen. I think we're going to need to see yields moving up pretty sharply for that one, but uh, you know, never discount that situation. So we've looked today at uh, a myriad of different uh, assets uh, in the market, financial markets. I like the Aussie for my sins, and I am saying this before the employment number, which is a risk. Uh, Blake there looking at dollar yen on the trade there. We're looking for Ethereum to potentially make a stage, but we're looking for the market to push us into, into that trade. We're looking for a catalyst in the equity markets. They're just chop, a lot of chop, no real trend. We're hoping that changes at some stage as well. But a lot of factors going on at market. There's never a dull moment, plenty of opportunities, and we'll discuss more of those as we come back next week in the trade-off. And thank you very much for joining us.